We give you the praise and honor and glory. Thank you for yet another breeze. We magnify your holy name. In Jesus' holy and anointed name, we are praying with thanksgiving. Amen and amen. You are all very welcome tonight. This is another night to study the word of the living God. Uh, Joshua chapter 1 verse 6 says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. You shall be careful to do everything that is written therein. And meditate upon it day and night, and then you make your way prosperous. As much as we are, we are also praying today, and today is the 200, uh, 426 days that we have been praying together on this platform. However, it happens to be our Wednesday as well, when we study the Word of God. And today we'll be looking to the book of Psalm, chapter 2. Now, can I say that uh, before Reverend Omar will come up, some, uh, we're going to listen to a reflection of chapter 1 and the introduction that was spoken last week. And each person will be given not more than two minutes. So please be very direct so that others can share. You might not be able to share everything you have written down. And once your two minutes is over, you just move on. Other people will give opinions about that. And let me say that um, those of you who are also uh, on the uh, free conference call, on the Zoom and on YouTube, I want to say that you should text things you have learned so that we can have many, many information you know, really coming to across to us in this very uh, meeting tonight. And I think I keep that as a standard. Because we have many more people who would like to say something about what you have learned last week. And really, I also want to hear from you. If there is any application of it that, you know, you know, you, you made within the week, uh, which is a testimony, that would be very, very good also. Not just what you learned, but what you did with what you learned. So God bless you. I'll hand over to Pastor Tyler for a few minutes. Pastor Tyler, please. Thank you very much, Apostle, and good evening, everyone. Um, tonight, um, in terms of reflection, I'd like to invite Dickness Anna. Good evening. My contribution is going to be taken from um, Psalm chapter 1, verse 3, and it says, That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yield fruits in its season, and whose leaves does not wither, whatever they do prospers. When we make a conscious decision not to commit the wrongs that were set out, in verse 1, because I'm going to be referring to verse 1 again, which are step with the wicked, stand in the way of sinners, sit in the company of mockers. The Bible describes us as a tree planted by a riverside. I would also like to point out that verse 1 does not simply mean we should refrain from talking to sinners, wicked people or mockers. If that was the case, how would we be able to evangelize them? Even Jesus himself was in the midst of sinners, i.e. tax collectors, when he was judged for it. There are three things to take note in this verse in order for us to get a better understanding of what the verse one actually means, which are step with, stand in, and sit in the company. When we step with, with, we are following the practices of these sort of people. When we stand in the way of sinners, we're following their ways. And when we sit in, it is inevitable that we become fully indoctrinated that is, you, you now become a part of them. Therefore, as long as we're not doing the things that I've just mentioned above, but our only intention is to evangelize them, then we don't fall into that category. And Jesus said that is the sick that needs a doctor. If we think about it, when we visit our doctor, he sits with us and gives us a consultation. It doesn't mean that he wants to share a part of our sickness, 
But he needs to be able to sit with us in order for him to understand what is wrong with us and therefore give us a solution. In conclusion, therefore, we must follow the practice. We must not follow the practices of the people highlighted in verse one. So so that we will and so that we refrain from doing so. Um, However. If we stop, if we do not follow the practices of the people listed in verse one, we will be like a tree planted by the roadside. We'll bear fruits in our season and whatever we do, we would prosper. We would, there'll be no need for us to pray for prosperity as prosperity would be automatic. Thank you. Sister Isai. Yeah, praise the Lord. My contribution will be taken from the book of Psalm chapter one, verse one and two. I read, blessed is the one who does not work in the step with the wicked or stand in the ways that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and whose meditate on his law day and night. What ministered to me in these two verses signifies the ways of life, as Mommy Oma classified chapter 1 into two groups, the righteous and the wicked. As a Christian, if we still find ourselves working in the ways of the ungodly, such as keeping malice and all forgiveness, and hatred stated in Galatians 5, 19-21. Though we attend church regularly and speak in tongues evangelize, such attitude will hinder our hearing from God. As Apostle told us, it is our right as a Christian to hear the voice of our Heavenly Father. However, if we walk in the ways of the righteous and delight in the Lord of the Lord, we will be blessed. Even though we face challenges in life, we know that at the end of it, the name of the Lord shall be glorified. My prayer is that God should help us when we hear the word of the Lord or the Holy Spirit of God convince us in the wrongdoing, that God should help us to obey and be obedient to the word of the Lord in Jesus' name. Thank you. Amen. Thank you. Um, Brother Derek, please. Praise the Lord. My contribution is taken from Psalm 1 verse 1, which has already been read. Firstly, we read that blesses the one, or in some translations, blesses the man, referring to mankind in general, not males, rather than blesses the scholar, or blesses the king, or blesses the wealthy man. David reveals to us that our physical circumstances are not a barrier to reaching the blessings of God. However, we must completely abstain from the ways of the world. We cannot even walk, stand, or sit in their paths, councils, and seats. As Apostle has told us several times, three spirits are constantly warring in our minds for control. The devil, the spirit of man, and the Holy Spirit. We cannot give the devil a foothold into our lives by even venturing into the ways that the ungodly take, and the wisdom of man. For while everything is permissible, not everything is beneficial. Moreover, we must stay away from the paths of sinners, for sinners have a path where they stand, and the righteous man knows he does not belong on it. We know our proposed destination is not the same as that of those in the world, but every step of our journey must reflect that, as we take the straight and narrow path onward to meet our Redeemer. However, that is not to say we do not have a road to take, but the righteous can have the confidence of Psalm, 1 verse, of Psalm 16 verse 11, which says, You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. God has a path and it is a good road to take. Finally, we cannot cannot allow ourselves to be dragged down into the venom-filled seats of mockery, gossip and backbiting. 
When people are putting down others, especially those who you don't necessarily get along with, it's often easy to sit with them and do likewise. <clears throat> but it is wrong, because we are then sitting in the seat of the school. To conclude, for almost the first time in the Old, in the Old Testament, God, uh, David says that God is not a respecter of man's status or wealth or learning, and wishes to bless us freely. However, to attain such blessing, we must not give the devil a foothold into our lives by living, well, by living by worldly counsels, walking on their paths and partaking in their mockery. But as we strive to live lives worthy of God's calling, may God plant us like a tree beside the living waters of truth, and may we be worthy of the assembly of the righteous. Amen. Amen. Take next chair, may you please. Good evening, everyone. Um, my um, Psalm 1, my contribution towards Psalm 1, um, the, in the Yoruba version, when I was looking at it yesterday, it said, Psalm 1, it titled it, Ayototo, that means real or true joy, happiness, honest, honesty, you know. And my verse that I'm con- contributing from is in verse 1, which has been read. Um, I'm just going to f- focus on my contribution, which says there are some Christians still act in the way they still speak negative words. That means in the way of that verse one. Christian, we speak negative words to our brothers and sisters about the, um, they still mingle with the mockers and use their mouth to bring their fellow brethren down. We see, we see half Christians act like Joseph's brothers. Who to, who hinder others Christians from fulfilling God's mandate like Joseph's brothers did? Those still compromise their faith because of their job, careers. Those who are not honest in their businesses. Those who, whose every word of their mouth is lies. Perhaps we might not know that this is wickedness. David said in the Psalm 139, verse 23 to 24, which says, Search me, God, and know my heart. Text me and my um Know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. As Christians, we need to weigh the words that comes out of our mouths. Search our heart every night before we sleep as, and ask God to forgive all our wrongs committed, knowingly or unknowingly. Unknowingly, which in Psalm 89, verse 15 says, Blessed are those who have learned to acclaim you, who walk in the light of your present Lord. We belong to the light and we must demonstrate it in our speech. My prayer is that we will glorify the Lord and exalt his name together. Psalm 343. Amen. Amen. Sister Philomena, please. Good evening, George. 
my contribution is from Psalm 1. Psalm 1 is sort of a template for the godly and the ungodly. In other words, the reward for the righteous and for the wicked. A righteous person cares the Lord and is obedient and have reverence for God, while the wicked is vice versa. Some of the benefits a righteous person gets from God are, one, he is blessed. He will not be forsaken by God, nor his children begging for bread, Psalm 37, 25. His heart's desires will be fulfilled, Psalm 34, 7. He shall flourish like a palm tree, Psalm 92, 12. God will deliver him from every affliction, Psalm 34, 19. He is like a tree that bears food and his leaves never wither, Psalm 1, 3. The eyes of the Lord are on him and listen to his prayers, First Peter 3, 12 will be successful and prosperous. God will protect him when faced with adversities and many, many, many more blessings. As for a wicked person, his reward from God will be punishment and destruction. In conclusion, as children of God, we should not keep company with the ungodly, sinners, and the wicked, so that we will not be painted with the same wash, birds of the same feather locked together. And we don't want to fall under God's work because righteousness and justice are the foundation of God's truth. Psalm 89, verse 14. Amen. Amen. Pastor Debbie, please. Hallelujah. Psalm 1. Psalm 1 outlines the path and reward of a righteous person versus the outcome of wickedness. The layout of this chapter is like giving the reader an option of choosing to pursue righteousness or wickedness, then facing the consequences. The first three verses give us a typical portrait of a believer in Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit in us guides us into all truth. He navigates our walk, stand, and where we sit. A believer does not keep company with the ungodly. He is separated from the world. That is, he is in the world, but not of the world. Lesson learned. As mommy rightly said last week, a righteous man is a blessed man. He turns his back to the world and all his attractions. A righteous man is a lover of God's word. He treasures the word of God more than his daily bread. Job 23 verse 12. He occupies his thoughts with words day and night, with the word of God day and night. It does not entertain evil thoughts, but brings every thought under subjection to the word to, to in his heart. Hence, his mind is always fruitful. As a result, he thrives in all seasons, whether in the good times or bad times. He trusts God in challenging times. His heart is steadfast in the Lord. Psalm 112 verse 7. The word of God has become his anchor, source, strength, trust, and confidence. Such a man is like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose water never fails. Isaiah 58 verse 11. In conclusion, we have been called to inherit a blessing. Let's make a conscious decision not to compromise with the world by following wickedness, which is a reckless act or behavior committed by man and not by the devil. This is hashtag apostles' definition of wickedness. Rather, choose to submit to God and his word and enjoy his blessing in all seasons of life. As a tree cannot grow and flourish without water, 
So a Christian cannot be fruitful or live a productive life without the word of God. Amen. 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 I'd like to invite back Apostle, sir. Yes, fantastic. You know, I was so blessed by all your contributions. But I want to read scriptures to you just to um, um, through a conclusive light. Just as Pastor Debbie was speaking right now. You see that someone remains someone. Have nothing to do with workers of iniquity. Period. When you talk about evangelizing people, you, you are not doing anything with uh, uh, people of uh, those who have those who are workers of iniquity. We must evangelize, but our evangelism is not relationship. You need to know that clean, clear. Concerning the people of the world, what did you read in that book of um, someone? Let me call your attention to it as a number of those who contributed have said. Do not walk in the council. It's council, it tells you, your mind. That has not to do with evangelism. Put, take evangelism out of this put, equation. Don't talk about that. Because God is talking to you and I, not, not talking to us evangelizing people. Because some people will, will go under the guise of evangelizing people and begin to engage themselves in discussions that will take them to sin. And that is what the Bible is saying. Now, there is a counsel of the wicked one. A Christian must not walk in it. To work in cancer means you go, you have issues with your family, you are going to your friend who you call trusted one, who is not born again, to expose all the secrets of your family, what is going on. Satan will advise you and you will, you will be destroyed. And you must not take counsel from any wicked one. Don't work in their counsel. Number two, do not stand in their ways at all. Whether you think for evangelism or not, forget it. Don't stand in the ways of sinners. And I will give you three scriptures you must never forget. Don't stand in their ways. Okay? And number three, don't sit with them when they are mockers or scoffing. A good number of you, you are so spot on. And I need to reiterate that. About. Now take these three scriptures. Number one, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14 to 18. It says, do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers, period. For what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? We have nothing in common. Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? What harmony is there between Christ and Belial? What does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? What agreement is there between a temple of God and idol? For we are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will live with them and walk among them, and I will be their God, and they will be my people. Therefore, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Touch no unclean thing, and I will receive you. I will be your fa- a father to you and you will be son, my son and daughter says the Lord Almighty second scriptures Ephesians chapter 2 verse 2 to 3 <clears throat> really if you read it from verse 1 I think that is, is one of my favorite scriptures you hear me do all the time 
He says, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways, who walked not in the ways, of this world, and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who now is at work in those who are what? Disobedient. Verse 3 says, all of us lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature and following his desires and thoughts like the rest of men. We were like object of wrath. And the last scripture for you, Ephesians, First, uh, um, Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 22 to 24. You know why I'm reading this to you? When you have been taught the word, I always want, you know, as a number of you have done, go Give us what you learned from what you were taught. We are not telling you to teach us. Don't tell us what you think. What you were taught, go back and tell us that. When you are teaching this, I learned this, I learned this, I learned this. Because you should understand something that you may, you may confuse people more than give them understanding. When the Bible says that Christians should stay clear from unbelievers, Jesus, Jesus told us that these things. So that you're not being influenced. There's a lady I, I know of. My mom just permit me too many. She was going to these men to evangelize them. They, are, they always sit down and be drinking and chatting and stuff. She would go alone. And these guys are men. And from there, one of the men set trap for her. And then began to follow her up. Before she knew it, she had slept with, with the man. She really got conceived by an unbeliever. So you must know this. This When we talk about evangelism, we are talking about evangelism. But now we are not talking about evangelism. Evangelism is not standing in the way of sinners. It is not working in the way of sinners. It is not standing in the counsel of the wicked. And it is not sitting in the scoffers. When you go out to evangelize, you are, not, you are not going to be involved in standing in their ways. No. But what the Bible is telling you, relationship with the unbeliever. To the place where it will, it will affect your mental. To the place whereby the, your most if a Christian has a friend who is not born again, and you have that friend from one year, and it's your close friend, then you are, you, are, you are a reckless sinner. You must repent to God, because the Bible says your life should shine. You know, first of all, among those who are around you, your first duty is that anybody is your friend, you get them converted. But when you have friends who are coming to you and talking recklessly, stop them from coming to your house. Don't make such friends your best friend. Tell them you cannot be my friend because you are a trap of the devil. And I want all my young ones to really grab this because you are not smarter than the Holy Spirit. And devil is very, very smart guy. I tell you, that devil is terrible. The final scripture is 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 22-24. The Bible never gets it wrong. Flee the evil desires of youth. Pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace. Along with those who call on the name of the Lord out of pure heart. Don't have anything to do with foolish, stupid arguments. <clears throat> because you know that those, they will produce quarrel. And the lost servants must not quarrel. Instead, be more, he, he must <clears throat> be kind to everyone, able to teach and not resentful. So understand what you are being taught here is not about evangelism. It's about you, your mind, the kind of friends you, you follow, the kind of company you are allowed to come to your house. The kind of people that you are allowed to, to, for you to listen to them and be parties and stuff like that. And if you are not um, careful, if you get yourself with the world in such a, a, a manner, you will discover that they will soon get you out of Christ. 
May the Lord strengthen and bless you. But you know, your words are so communicative and I commend you for it. Now we're going to chapter 2 of the book of Psalms. And I want to welcome to the podium, Reverend Omar. You're welcome, Omar. Thank you. Praise the Lord. What a great contribution tonight. Apostle, thank you so much. And to you all that have contributed in various ways, I just really want to encourage you and thank you for your courage, your boldness, and uh, your time that we spent to really go back to revise. But there are some other things that were not mentioned that I feel we should really, really have in mind as we read the book of Psalms. Because I said to us that we, might, we will be coming through all these things and I'll be making references. Questions like, uh, who wrote the book of Psalms? You know, I really want that. I wanted that in your contribution. We will focus on self, self, self tonight. But I want to look at the real, real thing. Who wrote the book of Psalms? In order to remind us again, I said Psalms was written by different authors. And uh, I mentioned Asaf as one of the writers. And I mentioned David. I mentioned some other, other people that wrote the book of Psalms. What exactly did the Psalm teach us to do? Are we reading that Psalm? Because we want to use it as argument. Are we, are we reading the book of Psalms because we just want to read the book of Psalms? No. Why? Why the book of Psalms? So that our prayer life will not remain the same. Our praise life will not remain the same. Thank God we are praying church. We are a strong church. We are world church. The more you read the book of Psalms, the more you will see yourself very strong in the Lord. And the more you see yourself not only in the church, but on your own personal uh, stand where you are at home, uh, when you are alone with God, then you'll be able to seek God as we, do, as we read the Bible. But the book of Psalm establishes more things with us. The book of Psalm will teach you how to worship God in the beauty of His holiness. We help you to know how to express yourself before God because you see some of these expressions as you go along. We help us to plead our case and show us the right word to use. That is the book of Psalms. We must know this. We acquire great understanding of worship through the Psalms. So who wrote the book of Psalms? The book of Psalms actually says something to you. I will, yes, we know we have several authors, but it, is, uh, it was inspired by the Holy Spirit. And Jesus and his disciples referenced this during their time on earth. The book of Psalms is a collection of worship songs from various authors. You must know that. It's a worship, uh, a Jewish worship book over a period of time in Israel's history. Songs where various writers derive their inspirations. And today, if you read the book of Psalms, you'll not be surprised that you'll be inspired to write songs. Especially when you find yourself being a chorister, you will just see that you get inspired to write songs which is one of the things that we have seen today. I was listening to this one. Is anyone thirsty? That shows from a deep revelation for somebody that has really read that psalm and Isaiah and all the rest of that. This is why we also should aspire to write our own psalms and songs. I did advise us that we should pray that God should use more of us and more people in our congregations or to, to be able to write the book of, to be able to write songs like Psalms. 
some of the Psalms identify with certain individual groups in the Bible. We must know that. Like I said, because the family of Asaph, when you read all, when you read the, 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 the book of Psalm before, before the, or as you, as the Psalms are introduced, they will tell you the writers and which I'll be pointing to us as we continue to read. And one of the things that we forgot to mention as well, I said Psalm 1 is a psalm of wisdom. You must not forget that. Does anyone lack wisdom? You should ask God. Psalm 1 actually teaches us wisdom. I know Proverbs, you have a lot of wisdom uh, uh, written in Proverbs, but this Psalm 1 is a psalm, is related as a, to as a psalm of wisdom. You must not forget it. Let's not look at the me, 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 me part of it. Blessed is the man who sees it or sat or this or that. But let us see the Psalm 1, Psalm of Wisdom. So in this Psalm, you gain wisdom, you gain knowledge, you gain understanding. You will be, if you don't, if you don't, the do's and the don'ts. Say so you will be like a tree planted by the, the riverside that yields its fruit in its season. If you don't, and if you do this, so a psalm of wisdom that makes you to gain wisdom and understanding. You must not forget that. So when you are reading the book of Psalms, Psalms, you must be conscious and say, oh, this is a book of wisdom. Lord, increase me in wisdom, increase me in knowledge, increase me in understanding. Then you'll be you're able to see that you, as you read and digest that book, the Lord Almighty will be able to reveal to you more than even reveal to whoever wrote that psalm. The most frequently mentioned individual is David, and the entire book of Psalms is widely associated with him. So anytime you are reading it, like the one we are going to read today, Psalm 2, is the Psalm of David. When we get there, I'll be able to tell you what type of Psalm that Psalm 2 is. Hence, he was referred to as the sweet writer of the book of Psalms. That's David. According to Second Chronicles 29, we must make sure that we revisit all these scriptures that I mentioned. Both Asaph and David were skilled singers and poets. They are not just ordinary. We must aspire as we read. Also, we want to be uh, a poet or we want to be a singer. Great singer for the Lord. Not only when you belong to the choir, but you want to sing in the corner of your home. And then that is the purpose for this book of Psalms. Asaph is also mentioned as a seer or a prophet. So Second Chronicle twenty nine thirty, mark it down. Go and read about Asaph. The Bible and David, and they said they are skilled in that in that area. You want to be skilled when you sing. Song. You are not just singing songs to please man. You are not just singing songs to make sure that people praise. Oh, it's a good singer. No, no, no. Sometimes you are not. When you are not deep in spirit, you are not a good singer. Man may praise you, but before God, nothing. And that's what I'm bringing us up to. And that you try to tell you a little bit about Asaph. Who was Asaph? A gifted individual so that we can aspire to be like these great people. A man that understands and understood where the gift came from. So use that gift to honor God. I said to us the other time. Not the gift to be honoring man. And you just sing on your tongue. Not from the inside. Then you are honoring man. A man that knows the gift of singing. So I mean, used his gift very well. Also, his songs were part of, of his singing. I, I made mention of that. So in anything that you do, carry your children along. And the Lord will help us. 
the main purpose of Psalms, which I want us to retain so that when next we are doing a revision, you must be able to bring this out to me. I don't want us to forget. I don't want us to preach. It's not preaching. I don't want us to relate to it. Oh, I know Psalm 1 before. No, 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 no. But why Psalms? How to relate to God in prayers? As we pray our doubts and fears and angers and laments. You know, we have Psalms for laments and all the rest of that. You might ask question that if the Psalm shows us how to relate to God in prayers, we or the disciples have, have this Psalm. Why did they ask Jesus to teach them how to pray? I did mention that when I was introducing. Why? If they have the Psalms and the Psalm teaches us how to pray, why did the disciples ask Jesus to teach them how to pray? But Jesus taught them simple way to pray. But Psalms elaborate a lot in prayer. How to respond to God in praise, how to bow down in worship, and how to exalt God for all he does and for all his blessings for us. The psalm is the best way to explore who we are in God and what it means to us. And I something that I really want us to mention today, and I don't want I don't want it to leave us, and I don't want us to forget it. Psalm 117. I said to us, it's the shortest psalm and shortest chapter in the whole Bible. Shortest psalm and the shortest in the world. If I were you, I would memorize it. If I were you, my children would memorize it. If I were you, friends around me would memorize that psalm. And you memorize it as well. That is the shortest psalm and the shortest chapter in the whole Bible. But I went to mention it last week, but you didn't get to write it down. Note that as well. Every psalm ends with praise. Even though the psalms consist of 160 or 150 poems or books, but many more psalms in both Old Testament and New Testament. There are many more psalms in both Old Testament and New Testament as we as we approach uh, the Bible. And I also mentioned to us that this psalm is divided into five books. The first book is chapter 1 to 41. The second book, 42 to 72. The third book is chapter 73 to 89. The fourth, chapter 90, Psalm chapter 90 to Psalm 106. Then the fifth, Psalm 107 to 150. Each of these five books ends with praise to the Lord. Moses wrote Psalm 90. Just this I need to know. You must know that as well. David wrote Psalms 1 to 41. Solomon also wrote Psalms. Uh, uh, he wrote the Psalms. Asaph, son of Karen, Ether, Haman, and other unknown authors also wrote the Psalms. That I'm this, I, I just bring this nugget, you know, to, to, to help us so that we can be able to, uh, know the purpose for which we are reading Psalm. We are not just reading it because we won't have knowledge. Moses also wrote Psalms, uh, Psalms of Praise, and Deborah also wrote Psalms. David Lament, which I was able to, to mention to us last week, over Saul and Jonathan, Second Samuel 1, 
17 to 27. Also is a psalm. When he was saying that the love that he has uh, for, uh, for Jonathan is more than the love for, 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 for of women. Yeah. Which also shows that women are supposed to be lovers. You know, not just lover to, to evil, evil doing, but lover to, to really cherish God for the way we are made. And I also mentioned that what does the Psalms teach, teach us? The writer in their writings help us to express our true feelings in the way they portray their songs. It might be in praise. So it, it teaches us to pray. Psalm teaches us to uh, be thankful. Psalm helps our faith and also helps us to hope for the future. Help us when we sorrow. So the book of Psalms, various hymns of praise. We have uh, royal Psalms, which is one of which is the Psalm we are reading today. Psalm chapter two. It's a royal Psalm. We have lament and sorrow Psalm, Thanksgiving celebration Psalms. That's why you cannot just sing any song. When it's Thanksgiving, you know the right song to sing. I was deliberating with the apostle and one of the administrators, and I was saying that. People that come to get married, they just get sung and they are singing it on the altar. That will be stopped shortly. Because you should know that when you are coming before the presence of God to, to sell it, you should sing like a song to celebrate God. On the first day or the first hours of your wedding, you should praise. Praising God, praising God. So we should look for Him to praise. Not just singing uh, uh, otherwise. We, be, we, we, we do vet. But now we will be, we will dread it more. Not it's my day. We are not talking about your day. We are talking about wisdom here. When Jesus, the wisdom of God, teaches you things, you will want to do it your own way. His ways are not our ways. Neither are his thoughts, you know, our thoughts. The way God uh, does things is the way we should follow. So when you want to use the Thanksgiving psalm, you must use it for Thanksgiving. It's like when we are having our Thanksgiving, people come to celebrate their birthday. People coming to celebrate their wedding anniversary, we should sing. Choir should know that we should sing praise, dance, like on Pentecost Sunday. We should sing because that is the day that Holy Ghost came upon the people. That was the very day that they manifested the Holy Ghost. You must know all this. These are the things that Psalms teaches us. We have Psalms of enthronement, which is that Psalm two that we are reading today. I've told you some Psalms of Wisdom, Psalm of Wisdom, chapter 1. Psalm of Happiness and Jubilation. Dedication Psalms, like you're having housewarming. I did mention that. What Psalm should you read? What Psalm should the man of God read when it comes to dedicate your house before you move into it at all? People don't know, just think you buy curtains. Curtains are the first thing, furniture are the first thing. That move into people's house. No, 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 no. The house needs to be dedicated. As a child, needs to be dedicated. Anything you have must be dedicated. You don't go with furniture shop, uh, shop first. No, 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 no. So you have Psalms for dedication. I'll be making references to all this even in the Bible. When people like, when Solomon dedicated the house of God, how did it go? Singers. We have to come in, in, in various ways and they, they are, they are singing songs of praise to so praise God on your behalf for what God has done for you. 
I learned, I learned to learn from the Psalms. The Psalms of child dedication, bereavement, and for many occasions of celebration. I did mention that. Let us not forget, because these are some of the things when you come, I'm not, I don't want you to teach me about the Psalm alone, but teach me what you like, because we did introduction, and we did chapter one, but nobody uh, spoke about the introduction. So to be able to understand that so when we come together to, uh, to look into this psalm again after we are finished, we'll be able to know. I gave you an example of psalms of dedication. First Chronicles 15, 16 to 17. When the Ark of Covenant of the Lord was brought from Obedidon's house, how David danced and everything. When the evil spirits from God tormented Saul, how David came to soul service. You must be able to know these are great Psalms. Before we look at chapter 1, the blessed man. You know, Psalm 1 talks about, oh, that's a verse Psalm 1. Psalm of wisdom. And it talks about the blessed man. Who doesn't want to be blessed? So that is the introduction to this Psalm 1. And it's very self-explanatory, like you have explained it. Two major things that he mentioned there, the righteous and the end of the godly. The way of the righteous and the end of the godly. So you want to choose which one you want to take. And uh, without wasting time, because we looked at characteristics or the profile of a blessed man, you must not forget that. Because if I have to come across questions, I'm going to ask you about that. He keeps his heart pure and his mind active and alive. So that they can relate well with God and everyone positively. One of the characteristics. The reward of a blessed man. Psalm 1 verse 3. Go and read it. The reward of the wicked. Psalm 1 verse 4. And that takes us to Psalm 2 today. The Psalm 2 is known as the royal psalm. I don't want you to forget this. It's also known as messianic or enthronement psalm. You must not forget it. Talks about the, the royal, the kings and all the rest of that. Talks about Jesus, this psalm too. Talks about when people are enthroned. You know, and they have opposition and the rest of that. Or when people are lifted up. So this is all what Psalm 2 is all about. You must not forget to mention them. We'll be relating to them as I go along this three. Some author reference that the Psalms are quoted directly about 80 times in the New Testament. This is people that have really read the Bible inside out. These are need to know. You must know it. That it's quoted 80 times in the New Testament. And there are over 300 references which are not direct quotations. There are at least 15 such quotations from this psalm alone. This psalm that we're about to read. These are just need to know. You must know it. So that when you want to really present uh, Psalm 2, you'll be able to wrap it very well. As one of the Messianic Psalms, it predicts some things about the Lord Jesus Christ century before his birth. That's why it's called the Messianic Psalm. Talks about things that has happened centuries before Jesus' birth. 
most likely connected with the enthronement ceremony of a new king. When a new king is to be enthroned. This psalm is, is the psalm that they read because in those days when a new king is to be enthroned, there are sometimes people that are fighting for position. Like Absalom and David. You understand? So all these things happen. And when they fight for position, this psalm is the psalm that people read. Look at the time that the disciples had the opposition with all these Pharisees and all the rest of that in the book of Acts because of a miracle that happened. This was the psalm that they remembered. So the need for you to know the psalm, even to memorize them off in your, in your mind, on your head. Psalm 2 is considered to be a royal psalm, as I said. It describes God's sovereign rule. That is, it describes God's sovereign rule. That is, God's sovereignty. Job reminds us in his books about God's sovereignty, which we reference on several occasions when we read the book, when we read that book of Job. The same thing, this psalm reference or re- describes God's sovereign rule. That is God's rule overall. When he mentions things like God laughs. He references sentences like we are this is Job's word. Where were you when I created the earth? When Job was trying to talk to God. Say, who are you? Raise yourself like a man. And begin to answer me. Because I'm God. I have the overall authority. So this psalm also comes about, about that Job 38, 3 to 9. You can write it down. Where were you when I laid the foundation? Uh, the foundation? Tell me if you understand. Who marks off its dimension? Surely you know. Who stretched a measuring line across it? So God in this time also was talking about Job 38. You know, how God brought himself and was like, I'm supreme. I'm sovereign. So when we read the book of Psalms, we will be able to see more of the sovereignty of God. Let us be aware of all these things. Hence that Psalm 2, verse 1 to 3. So why do the nation conspire? And the people plot in vain. There is a saying that if God be for us, who can be against us? If God is sovereign in our lives, we, we, we cannot fear. So when this has started, why do nations conspire and people plot in vain? You know, Psalm 1 pre-warns us not to walk in the way of sinners. Nor sit in the seat of scoffers or mockers. But our delight should be in, the, in God's law, where we meditate day and night. If you do this, we cannot conspire and join people to do evil. So, but for people that do not do all these things, when they conspire and do evil, questions can be asked that why do nations conspire and people plot in vain? Verse 2 of that psalm says that kings of the earth take their stand and the rulers gather together against the Lord and against his anointed one. His anointed one referred to, that's why it's called Messianic Psalms, is Jesus. What did they say to the anointed one? Verse 3. He said, let us break their chains, they say, and throw off their fetters. The verses 1 to 3 of this Psalm 2 that I've just read to us, made us to understand that we may face attack as Christians, but the plans of the wicked will not succeed about us. 
you must know that sound. One, two, three. No matter how they plot against us, no matter how evil one do anything against us, look at what happened to Jesus. He anointed one of God. Yet, they spat on him. They did all this evil on Jesus. But they overcame them all. Hence, Isaiah 54, verse 17. No weapon forged against us will prevail or will prosper. And every tongue that rises against us in judgment shall be condemned. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. And this is their vindication from me, declares the Lord. Why is it so, according to verse 4 to 6? When you look at chapter 2, verse 4 to 6, why is it that no weapon forged against us prosper? Why is it that when the wicked come against us, they will never prevail? Let's look at that verse 6 to 6, uh, 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 verse 4 to 6 of chapter 2, Psalm. Because the one enthroned in heaven laughs, the Lord calls at them. <laughs> you know, God promised us that he has us in his palm. He will neither sleep nor slumber because of us. So why do we worry? When we can pray, why do we worry? When God in heaven laughs. When they want to do anything against you, God just laughs. God laughs and scoffs. When you have a God that just they, no, 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 no. There is nothing they can do that, that will affect you. Begin to hear God's voice that way. He said, why is it so, according to verse 11, why is it that no weapon forged against us will prosper? Why is it that every tongue that rises against us in judgment is condemned? Why is it that, that when kings and rulers take, they, they gather together against us, or when they gather together against Jesus himself, why? Why is it that they, they do not prosper? Why is it that they, 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 what, what they did against Jesus did not come to be? Why, why is it that Jesus triumphed over his triumph? Psalm 2, 4 to 6. The one enthroned in heaven laughs. God laughs at our enemies. Just know that for sure tonight. The Lord scoffs at them. That's why I said that he rebuked them in his anger and terrified them in his wrath. For that reason, we cannot sit in the seat of mockers, nor stand in the way of sinners, nor be in the midst of enemies and feel we are doing the right thing. We must not. Because God rebukes all our enemies in his anger and terrified them, terrifies them in his wrath. He said, I have installed my king on Zion, my holy hill. This should be our confidence as we walk in righteousness. See, the walk righteousness, we must walk in righteousness. We must not sit in the seat of the ungodly. For God to, to be enthroned, for God to be enthroned concerning our situation and laughs or scoff at our enemies, we must make sure that we walk the walk of righteousness. And that's Psalm 2, 8 to 12 says, Ask me, ask of me, and I will make nations your inheritance. So why do you fear? You know, sometimes it's difficult to read the, the word of God and then walk by it. When God says, ask of me, sometimes we quote it from our lips. 
Ask of me, I give you nation as your inheritance, the ends of the earth are to say, so pray. Lord, thank you, but we are praying it on our lips. The moment we leave that place and something shake our faith or shook our faith, then there is problem. We forgot the prayer that we have prayed. We forget upon the word of God that we are standing. Amen. Coming back to the book of Psalms will be able to help us in, in this area. He said, and I will make the nations your inheritance. We only need to ask God. Is there anything that is terrifying us? Is there something that we need? Let's ask God. He's ready to give it to us. These are what this psalm does for us. It gives us confidence that anything we ask in the Lord, since it's been written and since it's been said, it will come to pass. Say the ends of the earth, your possession. Ah, I don't know what you need from God tonight. I really want us to ask, ask him. Ask him. He said, if we that are evil knows how to ask Good things for ourselves. How much more? Himself, God. When we ask Him, He will give us anything that we want. And in that verse, I say, You will rule them with an iron scepter. You will dash them to pieces like pottery. God is the one that gives you the authority. And with this same authority, you can do and undo. We are reigning with Him in the heavenly places. What about principalities? So we can rule all our enemies with an iron scepter. We can break them into pieces. You will dash them to pieces like pottery. Yes. You can rule with that authority. The crown to rule and uh, to reign and the scepter to rule. We can rule. You have the scepter. You can rule. You are a king. You can rule. You are a princess. You can rule. Therefore, your king, therefore, you kings, be wise. Be warned, you rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Peradventure, God has placed you in position to rule, and then you want to be misruled. Be very careful. God is warning kings to be wise in, in your rulership. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Don't carry everything on your on, on your head. Because God said you should rule, then you are misruling. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not so. He said, kiss the son, lest he be angry. And you you'll be destroyed in your way. For his rod can flare up in a moment. Bless are all who take refuge in him. We take refuge in God in everything that we do in the name of Jesus. In these verses, 8 to 12, this can be used when we were in warfare against nations and rulers who oppose God. That is, nations who are God's enemies of faith. We can use this psalm to pray. Say, ask for me, ask of me. I will give you. There are wars that are going around in some nations, war affected areas. You must pray and ask God. There are wars that, that comes against us. We must pray and ask us, and, and ask God. Because He promised us in the book of Psalm 27. He said, He's our light and He's our salvation. Whom shall we fear? There are terrible wars that, that wars against our spirit, soul, and body. 
we cannot fear. Hallelujah. He said, the Lord is our life. It's our salvation. Who can? He said, when evil men, when war comes against you, the psalmist said, in this will I be confident. He says, one thing have I asked of the Lord, and that will I seek after, that I might see him in his temple. We are still going to reach that psalm. It's a psalm that gives you confidence. That's what it's supposed to be. We are to decree verse 11 to 12 and God will answer. And what does that verse 11 to 12 say? Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the son lest he be angry and you be destroyed in your way. For his rod can flare up in a moment. Blessed are all who take refuge in him. We are blessed when we take refuge in God. We are to decree that verses. Uh, the, those verses 11 and 12 and God will answer this same psalm was used or applied or this same psalm was quoted when the apostles faced opposition in the book of Acts chapter 4 25 to 26 after the healing at the, uh, at the uh, healing of the crippled man at the beautiful gate and the book of Acts chapter 4 23 to 26 says on their release these people were tormented, they were captured, but thanks to God, God himself released them. He says on their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to, to God. Sovereign Lord, Sam teaches you to pray. Hallelujah. Because they know the book of Psalm 2. They know the promise of God in that book of Psalm 2. So after the torment, after they have been released, they went to their, to, to, to their, to their people and they, they joined together to pray. They were not gossiping and saying, ah, God did it today. God did it. No, 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 no. The moment they met each other, they know that God has delivered them from the hand of, their, of evil men, which he promised in the book of Psalm 27. They don't war. Though evil men comes against you, though, do, 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 whatever battle you must be fighting, said, this is not the Lord's doing. So when they met together, they knew the purpose of which God has delivered them. They knew that it was not for joke that God delivered them. He said, on their release, is God releasing you from, has released you from something now? You feel like it's just, it's just come on, it just happened like that. No, take it more seriously and come back to thank God. That is what this psalm that we are, we are, we are looking at today. He said, the book of Acts, Acts of the Apostles, chapter 4, 23 to 26, on their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Sovereign Lord, can you call Sovereign at your own time too? I don't know how to pray. Call him again. Sovereign Lord is Sovereign. They said, you made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them. I don't know how to pray. This is prayer points. Sovereign Lord, you made. Remind me. Say, ye works of my heart. Remind you me. He said, look, sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heavens, tell the Lord, you are the maker of heaven and earth and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David, 
Reference people that God has used in the Bible. Moses. Reference them. Why do the nation rage and the people plot in vain? Because these are the practice of, the, of, of these people at that time. So they were able to remember. This is the psalm that God gave us. Psalm that talks about the sovereignty of the Lord. Psalm that talks about his enthronement. Why do the nation rage and the people plot in vain? The kings of the earth take their stand and the rulers gather together against the Lord and against his anointed one. They were able to know that the purpose for which these people are tormenting them is because of Jesus, because of the Holy Ghost that has come upon them. They did what your, uh, they did, verse 4, 28 to 31, they did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servant to speak your word with great boldness. They are not saying that these people, they are not going to stop here, but grant us the spirit of boldness that we can face them in your position. And God has them. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform miraculous signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant Jesus. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, the result of their prayer. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and spoke the word of God boldly. This is what happens to us when we stand upon God's word and we stand upon the words from the psalm and we pray the psalms. Things happen around us that we ourselves do not believe our eyes. That same Psalm 2 verse 7 says, I will proclaim the decree of the Lord. He said to me, you are my son. Today I have become your father. In this seventh verse, Paul explained that the gospel of Jesus fulfilled this prophecy. How? Referencing uh, the, the, the book of Hebrews 1.5. For to which of the angels did God ever say, you are my son? And look at God. That Psalm 2 verse 7. I will proclaim the decree of the Lord. He said to me, you are my son. Today I have become your father. Did, did God not prove that when Jesus was baptized in the, at the Jordan? This is my beloved son in whom I am what? Well pleased. What happened immediately after that? Jesus went preaching. Preaching. When God uh, uh, brings you out and points you out as his son, guess what? The Holy Ghost will remain with you. It happens to, this happens to Peter. When the Holy Ghost come upon Peter, Peter was not the same Peter again. It was not that same Peter that denied Jesus. No. Boldness came upon him. He was intoxicated with the, with, the, with the spiritual wine and he began to preach the word. It was after that that 3,000, God is about to do something in your life. And that's why he's taking us through this book of Psalms. God is getting us ready, getting us prepared. As we stand upon the, as we stand upon the word of God in the Psalms, things will begin to happen in our lives as it turns the life of many around the day that God, the Holy Ghost came upon Jesus himself, the Bible said he was led out of that river Jordan and he went preaching in the work of God. The same happened, Holy Ghost upon Peter. 3,000 people joined when he started revealing the word of God. That's why you must not take this exercise in, the, in this church for granted. Strong church, word church. You must read the word of God, then the Holy Ghost has something to manifest. 
because you have the word of Rege already. Or again, I will be his father and he will be my son. If you want to be uh, uh, God's son and you want God to be your father, allow him to, 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 to do these things in your life. Hebrews 1 5 also uses this same verse to explain the supremacy of Jesus Christ over the angels. You can see. Say, for to which of the angels did God ever say, You are my son? Today I become your father. In this same Hebrew 1 5, also use the same verse to explain the supremacy of Jesus Christ over the angels. God is supreme. Another word is a psalm about the king of Israel, the ruler who either was David himself or any other person that was ruling at any time. Additionally, other Psalms like Psalm 93, you can write this down, I'll be very calm to be mentioning it to you. Other Psalms, because I said to her that it's a Psalm, it's a royal Psalm. It's a royal Psalm. So you can write this down, because when we start to get to the Psalms, you'll be seeing them. It's a psalm to, to, to celebrate God as king. So write this psalm down, Psalm 93, because we'll be reading them shortly. Psalm 94. I'll ask you, what are the psalms, the royal psalms? Psalm 95. Psalm 96. One of the signs says, ascribe greatness. Ascribe glory, ascribe power. Psalm 97, Psalm 98. Where you know all this psalm? You, you know how to pray, I'm telling you. It's not that, ah, which psalm? You are now opening the Bible, or you go scattering your book, or going on the iPad, confused, like confused.com. No. When you know all these psalms, if you established, and then you know what psalm to read, or what song you want to sing. In the morning, you know what song you want to sing to God. Let me put it that way. Let me not put some there. The song of praise, what do you used to praise God in the morning? The song to ascribe greatness to Him. Psalm 98, Psalm 99. All these Psalms and many others, maybe in the New or Old Testament, are called royal Psalms because they celebrate God as King. I rest my case here tonight. I believe you have all been blessed. Don't forget, before I hand over to the man of God, that Psalm 2 is not just a, an ordinary Psalm. It's known as the Royal Psalm. It's known as the Messianic Psalm because it talks more about Jesus. It's known as the Psalm of Enthronement where people are to be enthroned or ordained. These Psalms can also be read. I think that is when they have like uh, problems. They read the Psalms as well. May the Lord help us so that as we read these Psalms, it will grant us great understanding to knowing God more and to knowing how and to know how to apply them to ourselves. Remember that no weapon fought against us will prosper. Every tongue that rises against us in judgment, they shall be condemned. So no matter where the opposition is coming from, God is still on his throne. He laughs. Say so he's a, the, the one enthroned, verse 4 to 6 of the Psalm. 
says the one enthroned in heaven laughs. So if you have this confidence and you know this psalm, that God is on the throne, is the one in heaven, that he laughs. If you have all these secrets, then you have no fear. Then your confidence as you walk in righteousness will be in God forevermore. And also knowing fully well that you can ask of him and he will give you nations and inheritance. Let's not only believe him for uh, our own need. Ask of me, I'll give you nations. Begin to ask. Prosperity. That's not what I'm talking about. God wants more people to be saved. That should be an understanding about that psalm. He wants more people to hear him. He wants more people to, to come under him. He wants more people to be delivered from this world of shame, pain, and all the rest of them. So let's ask God so that he can bring more people to himself. He said that I will make nations your inheritance. There are more people, nations here, that God wants to bring to the household of faith. Say the ends of the earth, your possession. There are more people. You know when they show on the television there are people that are unsaved. And you begin to see all what they do. God wants to bring all these nations to himself. What we should ask of him. You will rule them with an iron scepter. And you die them into pieces like pottery. That is, that's anyone that is coming against you in letting this come to be in our, in our lives. God will deal with them in various ways. I rest my case as apostle Well, this is interesting. I'm very sure that you have been mightily blessed. Now, can I just get us into praying this psalm? If you look at the book of Acts, where this psalm was reflected in Acts chapter 4, is the fourth psalm that was spoken of in the book of Acts. It says, on their release, that is after the disciples were persecuted, that like we are all being persecuted on earth today. It is not something very easy to declare your faith in the midst of some people and some nations. Really, in some nations, when we go in there, we have to, we have to tell them that we are tourists. All those you see. He says, he says, uh, on their release, he went back to their own company. I love that so much. He says, now verse 24, they lifted up their voice together and said, when they had this, they raised up their voices together in prayer to God. Sovereign Lord, they said, you have made the heavens and the earth and the seas and everything in it. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant David, our father. Why do the nations rage? You can see confirmation here that David was the one who wrote that psalm. And it was Holy Spirit that spoke psalm. So just like what mommy was saying, that's why it is a powerful thing to sing with psalms, to praise God with psalms. Many great singers of God got inspiration from the book of psalms. It is a great thing to pray with the book of Psalms. But if you look at their prayer, and that's what we are going to pray. Haven't they read Psalm 2, where the nations rage and the people of the earth plot in vain, the kings of the earth take their stand, you know, uh, and the, the rulers gather together against the Lord and his anointed. Now, in, they now went to, to, to lead a prayer from it. What they pray? Prayer. Verse 29. Go there. Now, Lord, consider their threats. And enable your servant to speak your word with great boldness. So we're going to pray. Consider, we are going to say, Father, consider the threat of the devil against Christians on earth today. Consider the threat of rulers 
the threat of the law, the threat of nation, and grant boldness to your people. Lift up your voice and begin to pray. Our God and King, we pray thee. Just as the disciples said, O God, consider their threat. Consider the threats, O God, that we are going through on earth today. Lord Jesus, consider the threat of laws against Christianity. Consider the threat of the press against Christianity, against Christians. Consider the threat of the people, the threat of families. Some Christians are going through family persecution. Consider their threat, O God. Some Christians are being threatened by their family that they're going to kill them because they accepted Jesus. We have a lot of stories about that. Father, consider their threat to God. Consider their threat to God. Consider every threat that Satan is tearing up against every one of us because of the gospel of Jesus, because of our standing God. Consider the threat of our offices, our officers, our bosses, our superiors, because of our faith in Jesus. Then tell the Lord, enable your servant, O God, to speak the word with great boldness. Grant boldness to us, O God, to declare your word in the most absurd places, in the places they don't want us to speak. Consider your threat, the threat of people against our children in their schools because of their faith in Christ. Consider the threat of the devil against parents, even in, in schools, because of their faith in Christ. Grant us boldness to stand. Grant us boldness to speak. Grant us boldness that we not fear. In the name of Jesus Christ, stretch out your hand and heal. Tell the Lord, anoint our children, anoint our parents, anoint everyone young and old, our male and female, with the power to heal. Anoint us, O God, stretch out your hand to heal and perform miraculous signs and wonders through the name of your Holy Son, Jesus Christ. Father, stretch out your hand. Father, stretch out your hand. Remember Psalm 2, O God. How do the nations rage? The people of the earth gather themselves together against the Lord and his anointed. The Bible says, He that sits in heaven shall laugh, for the Lord shall see them in derision. Arise, O God. Arise, O God. Arise, O God. Shake the nations, O God. Shake the kingdoms, O God. Shake the people, O God. Anoint your church with power. Anoint your church with boldness. Anoint your church with grace. Stretch out your hand in the midst of your church, that your church will operate in your power. In signs and wonders, O God. Our children in their school will operate in the power of God. Our workers, members in their offices will operate with the power of God. When we go out to the streets of evangelism, there will be miraculous signs and wonders. Wonders that will cut the heart of man to fame. Wonders that will turn the heart of people. Father, stretch out your hand, O God. Stretch out your hand, O God. Tell the Lord, stretch out your hand. Stretch out your hand. Stretch out your hand. Stretch out your hand, Lord Jesus. Stretch out your hand, Lord Jesus. Do amazing things. Do supernatural things. Father, Lord, that the lame will walk on our streets, that the blind will see on our streets. Our God and our King, we pray thee. Lord, we pray thee that the nation shall be shaken. The politics shall work in the name of Jesus. The power of the Most High shall be revealed in the name of Jesus. Tell the Lord, fill me with faith. Fill me with faith. Fill me with faith. Fill me with faith. There are so parek and me balondo si caranda. Lord, we pray thee. Lord, we pray thee. Lord, we pray thee. Lord, we pray thee in the mighty name of Jesus. We thank you, Father, because you have done it. Even as we ask in Jesus' anointed name. Amen and amen. We're going to pray also from that scripture. It says in verse 31 of Acts chapter 4. After they prayed, the place where they were shaking was, where they were meeting was shaking. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And this is what we have been dealing with for the past two weeks. To be filled with the Holy Ghost. And spoke the word of God with boldness. So, for us to be bold and operate in power, sense, and wonders, 
It comes in when we are filled with the Holy Spirit. Now we're going to pray that God pour out your spirit upon us. Fill off with your Holy Spirit. Lift up your voice and begin to pray. Let your fire fall from heaven upon us. Let your fire fall from heaven upon us. Fill us with your Holy Spirit, Lord Jesus. Fill us with your Holy Spirit, Lord Jesus. Both young and old among us. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. Fill us, O oh God. Fill us, O oh God. Fill us, O oh God. <clears throat> Those who have not been baptized among us, baptize them with your Holy Ghost. Those who have been baptized, fill them with your Holy Ghost. Lord, we pray thee in the name of Jesus that we walk boldness in us, that we want the gift of faith in us, that we want the gift of healing in us, the gifts of healing, Lord. Even at this very time that the whole world is confused, this is the time we need the infilling of your Holy Spirit. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus, 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 in the name of Jesus. This is every one of us. This is every Christian on earth. Turn our hearts towards you, O God. Remove every worldliness from us. In the name of Jesus, remove every deception from your church. In the name of Jesus, let the glorious church imagine power in signs and wonders that what matter men cannot confront. In Jesus' anointed name, we are praying with thanksgiving. Amen. Now, go back, go forward to verse 32. He says, all the believers who are one in heart and mind, no one claimed that any of his possessions was his own. They shared everything in common. We are going to pray for unity of heart and mind. Unity of heart and mind. You remember I told you when I was explaining this to you that unity of heart and mind is not for different churches coming together. That's not unity. That's not it. Because John told us, Yes, in chapter 17 of John. He says that when you are united with the Father, then in God we will all come into the unity. So it is a unity of you and others with the Spirit of God. When each one of us unite in the Spirit of God, that's when you come to the bond. That's what happened. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost. So, boom. Heart was changed. Mind was changed. Nobody has to teach them about that. So we're going to pray that Lord will transform the heart and mind of the church. That our focus will be to be united with the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So that anything the Father does not want us to do, we will not do it. And then we'll come to the bond of peace. Lift up your voice and begin to pray. Lord, unite our hearts in the church to you. That the desire of the people of God will be God, God, God. Jesus will take preeminence. In everything that we do, in every way we think, unite us, Lord. Unite us, Lord. Unite us. One God, one people, one focus, one destiny. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. A people bounded with the Holy Spirit. A people united with God. A people selfless in God. In the name of Jesus. A people who God will be the, 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 the prime thing. Father, the things of this world will fade away from us. Godliness and contentment will sweep all over. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Father, bind our hearts and minds together in unity. Unity of purpose. Unity of, of understanding. That we will all hear from God together. We will all know God together. We will not understand. We will understand what God is saying together. Rebuke every division of thoughts. Division of mind will come against it in the name of Jesus. Every wall of partition will destroy in the midst of the church of God. Lord, let the partition be broken and be torn down. Let the spirit of righteousness emerge in the heart of everyone 
who believes in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let Jesus be the preeminence in our thinking, in our life. That anything we do, it will be for Jesus. It will be for Jesus. It will be for Jesus. That God can have his way. Blessed be your name, O God. In Jesus' anointed name, we are praying with thanksgiving. Just two more prayers, I'll leave you. Then I'll bless you for tonight. If you go back to that chapter 2, there are many things there. The whole of, let me say this, when God speaks promises to Jesus, I have shown you, he's speaking to us. Because Jesus said in the book of John uh, 17, 18, as the Father sent me, I have sent you. And of course, we have read it in the book of Hebrew uh, 4, that Jesus Christ who makes us holy, both he and us who are made holy, are sons of the Father. So, when God speaks to Jesus, that is what he will do to any Christian. He says, why do nations conspire or nations rage and the people of the earth imagine vain things? What is the vain thing? He says, the kings of the earth take a stand, take their stand, connive together, and the rulers gather themselves against the Lord and against his anointed. You are God's anointed. As Christ is. This is Messianic Psalm. He's talking about Jesus. Let us break their chains, they say. And throw off their fetters. The one enthroned in heaven laughs at them. That is how God will laugh at those who conspire against you. God will laugh at every spirit, every man that Satan stirs up to conspire against you. Conspiracy against God's people makes God laugh. Because why? The Lord will receive them in derision. The Lord will see them in derision. Then the Lord rebuke them in his anger. And terrifies them in the road, saying, I have installed my king. We are going to pray. Every gathering against us, Father, terrify them. Lord, rebuke them, Lord. Lift up your voice and begin to pray. We pray for every family. We pray for every member in the name of Jesus. Every gathering of men, every gathering of demons against us, Father, Lord, arise. Oh, Lord, arise. Oh, Lord, arise. Break, oh God, their power and destroy their influence in the name of Jesus Christ. Rebuke them, Lord. The Lord rebuke you, Satan, over our lives. The Lord rebuke you, demons of hell, over our life, every man that gathers against us, Father, let them scatter in the name of Jesus. You went further in that psalm, in the book of Isaiah chapter 8 verse 9. You said, gather ye distant land and be shattered. Gather and be scattered. You be prepare for battle and be shattered. Devise a plan, it shall not stand. A strategy shall be trapped. Begin to tell the Lord, every strategy of Satan against the church, we trapped it in the name of Jesus. The rest of the month of May, every strategy of Satan to cause destabilization in this universe will destroy it in the name of Jesus Christ. It will not stand. It will not stand. Every plot of the devil to cause chaos from nation to nation. They will not stand. They will not stand in the name of Jesus. He that sits in level shall laugh at them. He that sits in heaven shall laugh at them. The Lord shall rebuke them. Till in his anger. Rebuke the devil in your anger. Rebuke the devil in your anger. Anyone under my voice that the devil has touched. Father, arise tonight. Rebuke the devil in your anger. Rebuke the devil in your anger. With your mighty right and smash the enemy. Lord, in every family that is standing, that is on this platform, every man, every woman, every child, that the devil has his hand upon them. Father, arise in your holy anger. Smash up the hands of the devil. Smash up the parts of the devil. Smash up the spirit of hell assigned against us in the name of Jesus. Father, be jealous of us, Lord. Be jealous of your land, Lord. Be jealous of your land, Lord. Lord, Lord, Asunda, you are the one who made the promise. Fulfill the promise of God. Let there be liberty. Let there be victory. Every battle that people are fighting on this platform, I decree, let there be victory. Let there be between 
right now and tomorrow. Let there be victory. Let there be victory. Let there be victory. Lord, we appeal to heaven. Lord, we appeal to heaven. You said the Lord shall laugh at those who conspire against us. Father, laugh at them. He said the Lord will rebuke them in his anger. Rebuke them in your anger. Rebuke them in your anger. Those who stand to oppose us, rebuke them in your anger. Those who lay siege against us, rebuke them in your anger. Those who wait and plot against us, Father, rebuke them in your anger. Those who slander us all over the place, rebuke them in your anger. Father, those that Satan is using against us to war against us, rebuke them, Lord. In your anger, rebuke them. In your anger, rebuke them. The one that the devil is using to war against our children, Father, Lord, rebuke them. In your anger, rebuke them. In your anger, rebuke them. The one the devil is using against the churches, Lord, rebuke them. In your anger, rebuke them. In your anger, rebuke them. Father, arise in your anger. Terrify them, O God, even in this month of May, that before the end of May, they will see us and they will run. Your right hand, O God, is majestic in power. Marakabara Masanta Heria. Anyone that is depriving your people from what rightly belongs to them, rebuke them, Lord, smash them to pieces in the name of Jesus Christ. Arise, O God, arise and terrify them. Let them know like Pharaoh that God is fighting our battle for us and let them withdraw and run back to their closet. Every evil spirit, every man that Satan is using as a tool against us in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, we bless you in Jesus' anointed name. Amen and amen. The last prayer is going to praise this. Verse 8 said, God said to Jesus, ask of me. I will give you nations for inheritance. So he says to you too, I have told you, if you are doing business, it should not be local. If you have the mind of TLC, you start something and it should become a life giver to many families. That is what Christians should become on earth. Our Lord, the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. In your career, you should be a life giver. Not just earning salary to feed yourself alone. No, 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 no. God wants you to be established beyond that. But you have to ask of Him. You have to be nation-minded. While we are local focus, we must be nation-minded. Anything we set up, we must have it in our mind. It will sweep the nation. Don't tell me if it is the will of God. It is the will of God. He said, you ask Him, I will give you nation. That's what God says. You ask from me, I will give you nation. We don't ask Him. We don't ask him. So we're going to lift up our voices and begin to ask God for nations. In anything you do, begin to ask God for, na- uh, for inheritance. A nation for inheritance. Ask God for nations for your inheritance. Lift up your voice and begin to pray. Father, we ask you, make nations our inheritance. Make nations our inheritance. Open doors for every member of Christ with Tabernacle. Anyone that has been on this platform all these days, Lord, or those even are coming today, make way for them, Lord, in whatever nation they are, to the top of the nation. Father, that they will rule in their nation in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, Lord, make way for them. You said, I will establish my king in Zion, my holy hill. Establish us, O God. Establish us, O God. Enable us to rule over nations. Take us to the realm of rulership. Take us to the realm of control. Before rapture, O God, we should have the, 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 the last revival was prophesied. And so, Lord, we ask you, let us penetrate through United Nations, from among us, O God, to WTO, in the name of Jesus, World Trade Organization. Father, Lord, we decree every organization that is top on the world, that is controlling the affairs of the world, those who work in bank, let them get to the top. Those who are doctors, let them get to the place of policy makers. Those who are lawyers, let them get to the place of judges. Engineers, let them be chapter, let them get to the place of innovation. 
in the name of Jesus Christ. Pour your spirit upon us. Empower us, O oh God. We ask for nation for inheritance. We ask for ideas that will take nations. Ideas that will take nations. We ask you to open doors of nations to us as a church and a people that we can get many souls of various nations. Tribe and tongue in the name of Jesus. Arise, our God. Arise, O oh God. Give us nation. Give us the souls of nation. Now, Taraba Sunday. Even from their rulers, O oh God, give us access to the heart of rulers. Give us access to the heart of nations in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. You say you will rule them with iron scepter. You will dash them to pottery. Lord, we pray in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Empower us. Lift up our right hand to subdue nations. In the name of Jesus. Open the double doors before us. Lord, destroy the gates of brass. And the bread, the bars of iron. Let them be talking up before us. <clears throat> Let the mountain be level before us. Let the valley be exalted before us. That your name be exalted. Thank you, Father, because it is done. In Jesus' holy and anointed name, we are praying with us, dear. Lord, I pray thee that your mercy will rest upon everyone on my, under my voice. Strength from heaven will come upon them. My King. Ability to succeed and not fail. Grace from heaven. To rule in the midst of enemies. You said, ask of me, I will make nations your inheritance. The ends of the earth for your possession. You will rule them with an iron scepter. You will drag them to post pieces like pottery. So that no power will be able to confront anyone under this platform. No spirit will be able to plot against you and succeed. No man will be able to plot against you and succeed. If anybody come against you, they will fail woefully. By the decree of the Lord in Psalm 2, you will rule them with iron scepter. In the name of Jesus, the wisdom of heaven come upon you. The knowledge that of the spirit receive that will outstand you among contemporaries and men. May the Lord bless you immensely. If you are sick in your body, I command healing to that body. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. The Bible says everything that my heavenly father did not plant shall be pulled out from the roots. Whatever the devil had done against you, I decree them to be uprooted in the name of Jesus. I cause their root to die. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray for those who have their birthdays today. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord lengthen your days in the land of the living. The older you grow, the deeper in God you will become. The more knowledge of heaven you will achieve. I decree in the name of the Lord. With long life, the Lord, the Lord will satisfy you and give you, show you his salvation. May the Lord grant all the required decisions of your heart. And may the Lord take you from where you are to where you ought to be, according to the plans of your eternal Father. In the mighty name of Jesus, your new year, shall be a year of life for you. Bless every marriage represented today. May your joy never become so. Everyone under this platform. May the Lord grant you long life and good health in the name of Jesus. May the Lord empower you with the power of the Spirit of God, with the wisdom that comes from heaven, that you will know God so deeply and no one will be able to deceive you in the name of Jesus. May the Lord grant you power over your flesh so that you can subdue your flesh that the Spirit of God may take preeminence. My God, we pray for Yichenko. You gave us that commission yesterday. We pray, O oh God, for this man. Arrest him, Lord. 
Arrest him, Lord. Arrest him, Lord. Arrest him, Lord. Arrest him, Lord. Arrest him, Lord. Arrest him, Lord. Father, you have the power over the heart of every mortal man. The Bible says that the heart of men of kings are in your hand. You steer it wherever you will. Father, Yichenko will decree that within now and next week, this ordeal of this man he, was, he had arrested will come to an end. You will arrest his soul, Lord Jesus. You will arrest him in his spirit that he will give up in the name of Jesus Christ and the nation shall be saved. Belarus shall be set free. In the name of Jesus. You told us to pray for them. We speak, let there be peace in the borders of Belarus. In the name of Jesus. Go to the authority, Father. Because you, are, you establish every authority. Send your holy angel. And turn the whole situations around. That that man will repent. And he will give the right to the people of the country. In the name of Jesus. He will not be afraid of death. He will humble himself. And a new breeze will blow. A new government will ensue in that country. There will be government of peace. There will be government of prosperity. We pray for Israel. That there will be peace in the borders of Israel. Father, Gaza, uh, Palestine, and the main Israel. The whole boundary. Father, let there be peace. Frustrate the plans of the wicked one and those who are profiteers. My God, let a new movement rise up. A movement of joint forces of Palestinians and Jews. Living together as brothers and sisters sincere to one another. With equal opportunity and peace within the borders. We speak to the president of, of Israel and all, their, all his team. And the, the president of Palestine and all their team. And these other people who are bombing them. Sending rockets will speak into their spirit, Lord. The Hamas. Let there be salvation in the borders of Israel. Let there be peace. That they will drop arms. It will be the, the, the thought of the whole world. We pray for Nigeria. Those people who are going about in Nigeria killing and maiming people. Let your hand of God come against them. Let your hand of God come against them. Turn them against one another. That's what we're asking you. That you will turn them, they will, they will turn their weapons that they have been accumulating against one another. Like what you did in Second Chronicles chapter 20. You will walk through the forest of Nigeria and drive them out in the name of Jesus. You will raise adversaries against them from the north that will wipe them off completely. So that the intention of the devil over that country will fail. My Lord, thank you because you have answered us. In Jesus' holy an anointed name we are praying. Amen and amen. I want to tell you this. You have been praying now for the, whole, the past 426 days. Believe what I tell you. The hand of God will come upon you in a heavy manner. As you run down this month of May, everything that heaven has ordained for you will be manifest over you. You will have no carry over whatsoever. Because God has prepared our hearts so much over this period. And he have turned our heart towards just loving God, hearing the voice of God, expecting from Him. Let that be your desire to hear God clearer and clearer and clearer. Daily devotion with God all the time, telling the Lord how much you love Him. He wants us to tell Him all those things, you know. No matter how, how small we think we are, 
God wants to hear your voice. He wants to hear your expression about your love for Him. Let's keep on doing that. Getting our heart closer to God because we are going into the first half, the last month of the first half of 2021. And I am very, very sure all the covenant and promises God made from January concerning you, they will all be fulfilled. May the Lord strengthen and bless you all. Shall you raise your hand? Just lift up your hand before the Lord. Let me read the blessings of God from the book of Psalm 20. May the Lord answer you when you are in distress. May the name of the God of Jacob protect you. Say Amen. May He send you help from the sanctuary and grant you support from Zion. May He remember all your sacrifices, your tithes, your offering, offerings, and accept your burnt offering, which is your prayers. May God give you the desires of your heart in these last few days for this week to be ended. May the Lord open a book of remembrance concerning you and grant you desires of your heart. May the Lord send you angels who will work with you to make your plans succeed. May the Lord give you resources, both men and of angels, finance to make your plans succeed. And with, we will all shout for joy when you are victorious. And we will lift up the banner in the name of our God. May the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, the God of covenant, may he look at all your petitions from January and may he answer them. May he, the God of Bethel, the same God, reveal himself to you on your dreams and when you are awake. In Jesus' holy and anointed name, we are praying with hands given. Shall we all say amen together? Amen.